it's almost like this feeling of like unfolding like deepening and expanding like there's <laughs> i know but i just like there's something We're so dope yeah <laughs> Mm. it's this feeling of unfolding <laughs> deepening and expanding is it not our and back it fucking part? rules yeah. <laughs> the beings i love are creatures they were born by chance my meeting with them was also by chance they will die what they think do and say is Right before you came, um, Ang and I were like, we're sitting, you know, looking out over the wildlife. Yeah. And there was a rabbit that was just like hanging out in the yard. Yeah. I mean, there were like two that were, you know, running around as rabbits do. But there was one that was just like completely still laid out on the ground. Yeah, they love to do that. For like... They love to lay in the dirt. Yeah, we were we were looking at it for like ten minutes. It just like didn't move. Yeah, sometimes I think they're dead. Yeah, they that's that. that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, they yeah. they love that. It's like sunning or something must feel good about it. They sometimes they roll around in the dirt. Yeah, and like flop in the dust. Yeah, a a a, a, a soul rabbit flopping in the dust. <laughs> it's beautiful. We were so happy that it it perked up and just started like eating grass again. Like, yeah, like, fully healthy. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna have to go check on that rabbit. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, they love that. Um, they love that. The rabbits in the yard are so dope. Yeah, they hit way different than like rabbits in other yards. I gotta say. Oh yeah, they're like <laughs> they like run this yard. <laughs> they like gather they, at at nighttime. They just like cluster. Yeah, and just like stand there. Like Benicula. <laughs> you, That's did right. you ever fuck with Benicula? Yeah. I read Benicula. That's a classic scholastic Those book. Those joints were hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to read a lot of anthropomorphized animal books. Yeah. That was like one of my main joints when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Redwall? You do Redwall or so not quite? I was not a Redwall guy because it was too like fantasy for me. Right. I but think I, we've had this discussion. But before. I liked... I liked, like, I liked, like, the ones where it was, like, a mouse, like, living in a wharf in, like, 19th century industrial England. Yeah. And he's, like, like he's, like, a, in the he's like a boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that was, I love yeah, that Edwardian stuff. Yeah, Edwardian England. Yeah. Full of that stuff. But, but you're just a mouse. Yeah. You know? Yep. Or, like, um, I mean, who, who can forget, um, the wind in the willows or, mm-hmm frog and toad right um just generally art you know the classic uh what is that king arthur the what's that what is that one the like disney like 
uh, what the heck? Like Robin Hood? Robin Hood <laughs> <laughs> type shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we carry that I mean, over. That's a to... movie, but <clears throat> exactly. And that yeah, we carry that over into our adult lives. Yes. With our interest in uh, chivalric orders and foolish knaves. Yeah, and anthropomorphizing the animals in the backyard. That too. <laughs> yeah, we have a. If if listeners aren't well, why would they be familiar? <laughs> um, we have a we have a mascot in our yard. It's a groundhog, mm-hmm. and I I've lived in this apartment um, for almost uh, let's see twenty seventeen. So that makes five years. Mm-hmm. F- this fall will be five years, and it's right on the river in Minneapolis, northeast Minneapolis, and it's a. Uh, kind of a unique situation there aren't that many houses that are directly on the river here mm-hmm. but uh so there's a there's a ton of wildlife um in our in our backyard and ever since i've lived here there's been um a groundhog or a family of groundhogs that have a network of uh, tunnels yeah. <laughs> underneath the backyard um that that goes under the entire length of the backyard. Mm-hmm. So there's one hole on one side and one hole on the other. Um, but anyways, um, I've taken to call him, call him Buddy over the years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's actually the same groundhog. Yeah. I think it's probably generations of groundhogs. Yeah. Um, because, or at least, you know, more than one generation. Because they don't tend to live that long. It could be the same one. Yeah. Um, I like to think that it's the same one. Yeah. But he's, um, he's awesome. He is. <laughs> he just like, you'll just see him, like, he'll come home. It's nice because he's not nocturnal, you know, so he'll just like, yeah, hang out. It's like a sunny day. He's just like going about his chores in the yard. Yeah. You know, he's got like a very he's, good build about him. He's got it. He's eat, he eats grass constantly. Yep. And then he's got to get fat. So, so that he's working hard for his family. For his, so his family can come out. And then he's also, <laughs> it's like an interesting mix because he's, he's eating, but then he's always completely alert. Yeah. Uh, for predators in the sky and the ground. Yeah. Um, and there, there are a lot of birds of prey around the river here we 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 regularly see eagles or uh different types of hawks mm-hmm. um i don't think heron are i don't think heron would eat a groundhog no i think they're fish they eat fish, fish heads. but there's there's a big heron rookery just to the north of here that if you live in minneapolis it's really spectacular you should go check it out it's what's that park called up there honestly i don't know well it's like up on marshall street up on marshall like north of North of, uh, you know, north of the Lowry Bridge, there's a park, and there's a big rookery of herons on this island, in between, like, very, like, industrial, you know, areas of north and northeast Minneapolis. Um, It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, I've definitely been... I don't know. I've always loved, I've always loved looking at the yard <laughs> mm-hmm. here. Um, it's a big, it's a big like spiritual um, boon. Yeah. Is that a boon? 
I think that's, I feel like that, that feels correct to me. Yeah. Spiritual boon. It's a boon. It's a boon for real. I'm, yeah, it's like boon and buoy. A buoy. No, I, know, I know what a buoy is. I think a boon is like, is like a tethering. Right, that's what, but I feel like. And a buoy is like a, more of a, a rising action. Yeah, but they're like, <laughs> I feel like they're in the same. You've been a real boon to me. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to know that you've been a boon to me. <laughs> you need people saying that more. <laughs> you've been a boon. You know, you've been a buoy in troubled waters. Yeah. You've been a, a boon. A buoy in troubled you've, waters. You've been a positive boon to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up yeah. right now. And then you go to yeah. The closest word is boor too. You just cl- cut a little bit of that n off, and you're a boor, and that's not a good thing. Boon, yeah, like boondocks. Yeah, like a, a boon. boon. Listen to this, boon. A thing that is helpful or beneficial. Okay. <laughs> the navigation system will be a boon to both civilian and military users. <laughs> And then there's there's an archaic, which is a favor or request. May I have the inestimable? <laughs> may I have the inestimable boon of a few minutes conversation? Oh my god! <laughs> boon twenty twenty three. That's a, that's, a, that's a riz. Absolutely. May I have the inestimable boon of a few minutes conversation, my <laughs> lady? <laughs> She's like, like what? Yeah, the idea, well, also the idea of like what the, you call me the boon, the boon. <laughs> just like just a few minutes of conversation with this with this woman will be will will be like help helping you an inestimable boon. I, I can't say that inestimable. Yeah, well, inestimable, inestimable. Oh my god! Um, comes from the old Norse bon. Hmm. Bon. Well, yeah, this backyard is a boon. Yeah. Absolutely. I was just saying how I wish that the city didn't cut the grass and it just, you just like, let it go wild. Well, if we're lucky, um, uh, uh, Kyle Malkerson, our uh, property manager, yeah. will have run out of profit and he will stop cutting the lawn <laughs> in the same way that he stopped plowing our driveway this winter so your wish might come true very true as long as we keep the the front clean yeah business you know we get the mullet yard going yeah we're like people don't really care yeah i mean i'm not like a big lawn booster um i also don't know how i feel about I mean, it looks dope right now. Look at those wildflowers. I know. I, I really mean, like that on the side. AKA weeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the yard is sick. <laughs> uh, dang. You can cut this out, but th- those photos of that that Eamon took of you and Vivian working mm-hmm. in the backyard are so good. Yeah, those are really sick. I wish I wish I had gotten in on those. We could post one up for the episode. I mean, you can you can post one of those up if you want. But yeah, dope. 
I probably Portra- won't. Portrait of us. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, uh, it's really cool for me to live by the river because, um, I've always really been drawn to the river, specifically the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. because I grew up on it, um, in lacrosse as well. And, uh, I've always felt like there's a, there's a gravity to the river and like, ever since I was a kid there's there's sort of a natural like urban geography to lacrosse where like on one end it's abutted by a, a range of, of sandstone bluff mm-hmm. and then on the other end is the river yeah and the downtown is by the river so the gravity of the the, the town or city sort of naturally flows from one end to the river mm-hmm. um so like ever since I was a kid it was always like you know going to going downtown or going to be around crowds of people has always been synonymous with going down to the river yeah and then like in high school you know whenever we had that teenage uh, wanderlust it always inevitably led us down to the river Mm -hmm. and we would just sit there and you know not do much but just look at the river um me and my friends used to sing that song Old Man River when we were in high school too <laughs> which is kind of problematic yeah um because that song comes from like that musical uh is it Song of the South? no, no. it's not that's that the, bad that's the, that's the it's called like Steamboat or something like that okay um and it, it's not like yeah. I mean like Antebellum South yeah it, it, it actually Paul Robeson sang the the lead oh. which is dope yeah um but then, like, Frank Sinatra sang a version of that song mm-hmm. where he, like, it's, it is bad, bad news. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, I guess on the concept level, I was, like, the idea of Old Man River, you know? He, he, he don't say, uh, let's see, Old Man River, uh, he must know something, but, but don't say num- nothing. Mm-hmm. He just keeps rolling along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like time or something. Yeah, Siddhartha. A, a measurement of time. <laughs> but it's the stream. It's just a stream that doesn't, you know. It just goes. Yeah, and so I guess. Uh, Yeah. It's really, I don't know. It's really nice to be able to look at the river. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, this is what happens when I stop reading books. <laughs> uh, we just let it sit, we just... What more is there to say but to just look out at the river? Yeah. I mean, literally. Um, period. Period. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that there's... I mean, even though I lived so close to the river, like, mere mere blocks away growing up. Yeah. Um, well, it's more... It's definitely... It's, like, hidden. Flattened and hidden out here. It is. But we... Like, we, we grew up on, like... You know, one of one of the biggest rivers in the world. Yeah. Just like a huge artery. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, this is like, one. this is a huge, like, one of the most important, like, waterways in the world. And we yeah. just like, we just like grew up near it. Yeah. And of course it, there's a it's, gravity to it's it. It's insane. And like, thinking about like, all the layers of you know, geologic and, like, social history mm-hmm. that have, like, transformed it. Yeah. There's, like, this massive lock and dam system on the Mississippi. Um, most people know this, but, you know, the Mississippi used to be... Um, the reason it's called the Big Muddy is that, like... Um, okay, no, actually, I'm confusing this. So... Fuck. I wish I could remember the correct version of this, but in any case, before the lock and dam system, all the way from, you know, Canada, like, you know, northern Minnesota, mm-hmm. down to New Orleans, the Mississippi River was only four feet deep. Yeah. Like, literally the whole way down. Mm-hmm. You could walk across it Yeah. Um, prior to the, you know, creation of the lock and dam system, which was basically invented for, like, shipping and commerce purposes mm-hmm. and like military purposes what i'm trying to remember is whether it was not very muddy before they did that or if it was super muddy before they did that <laughs> but mm. i bet i i would bet that it was you think it was <laughs> based cleaner? on vibes yeah i think it was i think it was probably honestly i think it was probably more more muddy. probably more muddy yeah the 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 kind of the water taking it away or or, or the water moving the silt out into the ocean probably caused it to be <laughs> deeper and the water you know being backed up this is like so far away from our like bag i know so sick it's like so beyond jack us. is just like smhing right now yeah yeah <laughs> uh, hey, listen to that bird beautiful <laughs> um yeah did you ever like kayak or like anything like that on the river canoe canoe i've canoed on the river a few times my friend zach and i used to he was obsessed with kayaking in high school he still is actually but i would go along with him and we used to like get a bottle of like of like captains <laughs> or whatever yeah and like can uh kayak out to a sandbar nice and then just like get really drunk on a sandbar and fall asleep mhm um i mean you know camp like with a tent usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just like bake. I just imagine baking <laughs> like on a sand. Yeah. But I remember dude like Actually, this is a crazy, uh, I feel like this is a bit of a holdover of like the old, an old version of this, this country that's gotten kind of 
you know, it's getting more and more enclosed. But like, there's this um, kind of disused, wooded and also like ex-industrial part of um, Lacrosse, um, just north of a, a place called Riverside Park, which is a big public park mm-hmm. where it's just off the beaten path. We used to go there a lot because there's little beaches that yeah. you could just chill at, like you know, all of our kind of you know whatever ne'er do well teen friends. But, like, there, we used to run into these people down there that were essentially, like, um, you know, homeless, either, you know, con- like, they called themselves river rats. Yeah. They would tell, they would, like, talk to us, and they, they'd be like, we're river rats. Yeah. And they're basically people that, like, went from beach to beach up mm. and down the Mississippi and, like, lived in these river towns. Yeah. Um, doing, like you know, whatever they could get into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were always telling us when we were in high school that like the police were like, you know, trying to eliminate them. Like they were, they wanted to communicate to us that they were like the last of like a dying breed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we were always like vaguely scared of them, but also like thought they were kind of dope. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, of Grimes going, trying to go down the river. In a raft, yeah, or in a, there there are people who do that. Mm-hmm. Crust punks, basically. Yeah, what's falcon. that? That's a falcon. Where? It just went right through into the sun. Oh, I don't see. into the sun like Icarus. Yeah, it went behind the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you flew a little too close for mm-hmm. real. Um. See there, there it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome recording out here, but I feel like, yeah. <laughs> like so low energy. I don't think this is too low energy. It's not low energy, but I'm just like Yeah. It's it's so different from recording inside. This is the first time we've recorded outside this year. This year. I've yeah, been looking feels, forward to it. It feels great. Yeah. It's really a treat. Mm-hmm. We did our first um well, I think our second episode outdoors last year. Yeah. Where the kids, the kids ran into us. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have, we'll have more spontaneous interactions this year. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to do some like vaguely public stuff um, at some point. Yeah. Like walk around. Not like interview people, but mm-hmm. just be in public. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds nice to me. Be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what were we talking about? The Mississippi. Yep, they're talking about the Mississippi. Yeah. How it's. It's insane how like subtle it is here. Yeah. To have like grown up next to it. Yeah. I'm thinking about. I was think. I'm thinking a lot about like. Uh, where you grow up. Uh just because of the movie I saw yesterday has a lot to do with that. Like, you know, in like which terrain you grow. Yeah. Terroir. Yeah. The terroir. What, what's the flavor? What's your flavor? Yeah. That the earth gave you. Um, but it's interesting. Like, are we river rats? I think so. Yeah. 
I think so. Yeah. I I I'll I'll always be up and down the river. Mm-hmm. Like it really feels like, you know, can lump, you can. I was thinking about like how like awesome it would be if like there were mountains anywhere near Minneapolis, you know. And then I was like, no, we have like, we have like the great like artery, you know. Yeah. That's like our. That's 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 like our our. Uh, I like, I love the mountains, but I can't, I can't pretend that, that, you know, that the contours of the, of the mountains, like, fit my, my interior terrain. Yeah. It's, it's very foreign to me, like a desert or something. Yeah. No, I feel like I would die in it. Certainly. Either, you know. Yeah. I don't, and I don't feel, I don't feel like a longing for for any other kind of like terrain but like we use the word languishing a lot last summer to talk about the midwestern sort of subtropical midwestern summer i don't feel like i'm languishing right now though it still feels like spring yeah lots of energy yeah 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 we (laughs) (laughs) we really talk about the uh the upper Midwest to the Northwoods areas, like like they're uh, like they're the South or something. They <laughs> are. A, I know, there's like a brief. There's like a brief period. They're just like <laughs> there's energy. But then we have the fallow season. Yeah, we've got we got a, a period of languishing, just mm-hmm. like being baked in, in the sun. That continental weather mm-hmm. that oppresses us. It feels, you know. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's like Midwest Gothic or something yeah, like that. No, exactly. I mean, it is an incredibly Gothic place. Like, mm-hmm. people kind of miss that. I think. Um, I mean, you see that in like the music of like Salem or something like that. Yeah, you know. Exactly. I think a lot of that is connected to weather and you know forests and mm-hmm. a certain certain sensibility that develops out of um, being able to go like anywhere in any direction and not run into anything and like mm-hmm. I don't know yeah the markers the markers are more subtle they like the markers that like you know you can you can you can base your compass by yeah are more subtle and like almost totally. even like in like into an ethereal yeah you know kind of makeup like you have to be much more perceptive you gotta be tuned in exactly yeah you gotta be tuned in you gotta be a bit more perceptive yeah we're in a little different zone down here mm-hmm. we might slip into a different zone mm-hmm <laughs> If you're not careful, it's true. <laughs> you might fuck around, and end up in a different zone <laughs> in Minneapolis. Uh, um. Yeah, I really. I mean, I don't know if I've talked about this already. I probably have. Um. But I've always felt that there's some sort of, um, I mean, particularly to the area where I grew up, 
I've always felt that there's some sort of like deep uh, geological imprint there mm-hmm. that um, specifically in the Driftless, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't, you know, covered over by glaciers. It's Atlantis, bro. It's like Atlantis. Yeah. It's like a cosmic egg or a seed. Um, and And I've always felt that. I feel more connected to that idea than to uh like at this point in my life i feel more connected to that idea than i do to like i used to feel like i wanted the people in my hometown to like respect me yeah um or i wanted to like make some kind of uh have some kind of like cultural uh you know significance yeah which is so stupid but i think it's just a pretty classic like you know um aspirational thing or something but now i feel like i don't have a connection to that um i've let go of that i've let go of the the idea that people in my hometown are going to even know who i am yeah and i feel more connected to like this (laughs) <laughs> this sounds pretty dicey but like some kind of like ancient uh you know unlocking the ancient meaning <laughs> like of like what it means to let, be like from the upper yeah midwest. like letting it flower yeah yeah honestly like though though that sounds like dicey yeah. i feel like that's like much that's like in reality much better than like trying to continue a, uh, I mean, not that you were trying to, but like the, the trying to maintain some kind of like cultural, like, yeah, cache or like recognition. Yeah. From like, what is, you know? Well, yeah. Cause I feel like people get fixated on that here. Yeah. Because of their inferiority complex. Yeah. And they miss all of the, cause they're all Swedes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But once you're able to like let go of that, you're mm-hmm. you're able to like let go of your like European cultural imprinting, mm-hmm. and just like look around you and be like, where am I like actually growing up? Yeah, where am I actually living? What yeah. like, connection can I have to that? And I've been kind of like orphaned here, but like, how can I like, you know, um, creatively make something of that with my with my peers? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, it's like, I literally, I think that, like, I, I was lucky enough, you know, not, not everyone gets the opportunity, but, like, uh, my, my father was, like, a a sportsman, as it were. Yeah. In, like, the old, old term of, like, fishing and hunting and things like that, so I spent a considerable amount of time in like nature yeah um but even even with that like just kind of like i mean with 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 like a uh an adolescent uh rejection of like my father's values yeah uh came like you know my own like kind of going out but like returning now to to like a very deep appreciation and like very uh subtle appreciation 
of like what's going on around me while you were talking i just had a like a proustian reverie (laughs) of uh because my dad is a big trout stream guy yeah and uh i i respect my dad's relationship to fishing because he's not like you know he has a friend dave and Dave goes to all the Trout Unlimited meetings. Yeah. And, like, he's got all the, all the, all the, you know, the rods and all the, mm-hmm. you know, what are those things called? The, um, Is he, like, a fly fisher? Yeah, he does fly fishing, but he also does, um, what are those? All the tackle? Tackle, right? exactly. Um, and my dad is real, like, he's not a flashy fisherman. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even do fly. He's just rod and reel. Yeah. But he just likes to go out on the stream just to get out there. And, like, that's really, like, how I am, too, mm-hmm. with na- with nature stuff. Um, like, I'm never going to be, like, the guy who's, like, planning all the excursions and, like, you know, got the best gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I, I used to go out with him a lot, um on trout streams in in the driftless which is mostly like really rural um coolies and valleys and bluffs um but like it took me back to this memory i have of um me and my two best best friends growing up um jake king and danny flaherty mm-hmm. um i hope they're both doing well now J- jake jake was a kid that got into trouble early in high school and yeah had a troubled adolescence and then danny was a born again his dad was a born again christian who grew up in a really yeah uh repressive household yeah but he was a really kind guy really a remarkable guy he um when we were like sophomores in high school he bought an old Mercedes and converted the diesel engine to run on vegetable oil. That's wild. Insane. Yeah. And he used to, there were these trains that were parked, um, old train cars that were parked on the lot of this restaurant called Schmidt's <laughs> in La Crosse. And he would take me down to the trains and he would point out the different parts of the engines and show them all, what all of the parts did. Show me what all the parts Hell did. yeah. When we were in like elementary school. That's awesome. Just like mechanical brain. Yeah. But anyways, I have this really like this is like my terrence malick moment Mm -hmm. of memory of like us being young boys probably in like this time of year or maybe maybe even like june july there's this um we had an elementary school that was just on the edge of town where kind of the city turns into like this really wild bluff country and there's a, a trout stream that started just on the edge of our school by this little bird sanctuary and we just started walking in the stream um you know away from the city Mm -hmm. and uh with you know just barefoot just walking in the stream yeah and um we walked for like hours and we just kept walking until you know and just dreaming about our lives yeah like who's gonna be the first one of us to kiss a girl like yeah what are we gonna do you know when we're older um, and we just walked on the stream until, you know, the city, like, fell off completely and it was just cows and, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, grass and prairie. And, like, you know, it was just one of those memories where it's, like, it's such a powerful sensory experience yeah. that it just sort of 
sits sits in your mind like like a a dream or something mm-hmm. um and it just i don't know that just came back to me when you were talking about your dad for some reason yeah yeah oh, that sounds really wonderful yeah vivid memory of like doing that uh with where are we at uh, don't worry about it yeah <laughs> i have a very vivid memory of of uh my mother sister and i hmm. it must have been like a very hot summer yeah because uh the rivers were very low the water the water levels were really low yeah but we walked all the way from like um basically like Lake Superior we walked upstream from like whatever creek i assume like Gooseberry Creek or whatever that goes into Gooseberry Falls there north of like Duluth yeah and we just like walked the entire way up from Superior where while normally it's like it's like pretty deep water yeah um that it was just like an entire day that we did that yeah just like however long it was yeah and then just like i don't know there's like there's something there's something about just walking just yeah just like like yeah waiting yeah yeah like it's not a hike no it's just like 
yeah just waiting yeah yeah d with a d mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i just like don't do enough of no nowadays no it's i feel like that's part of the part of the issue with like outdoors culture is that it it kind of puts you on this like track mm-hmm. um like not to get too like society about it but yeah like i noticed that a lot when i went to like glacier national park mm-hmm. um a few years ago how it's like every hike is this very like kind of like consumable right like almost like, like a theme park ride. like a theme park ride through nature yeah and i feel like that that trickles down through like you know like the all trails app and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where it's like anything that you could like run into has been like kind of like categorized for you and like rated yeah and like yeah it's really it's really like there's something about it's like in a video game or something when you you know what do they call that like an open world or something yeah and there's part of a map that hasn't been exposed right something like about that experience where you less like the map is just like unfolding yeah and you don't have like a you know um, yeah it's expectation about it exactly yeah. i feel like there's there's it's one of those unfortunate things um that i feel you know i feel uh part of but like it's almost like that stuff is like necessary in order for yeah like us to not like destroy things yeah because we honestly have like no for sure we have no ability to like navigate it yeah in a way that's not that would just be like brood it like you know people live no, people would just people like drive their cars trail for, you know, yeah <laughs> thousands of years I yeah mean, trails existed of course like that's the reason that they're there yeah um but yeah it's like a trail is like just a path that's been walked exactly yeah and like a deer trail mm-hmm. it's just a thing that a deer has just walked on yep yeah and but it's funny like that that we need that kind we're of, going like, heidegger mode right now <laughs> talk about the clearing <laughs> going newt Thompson mode desire paths yeah <laughs> what is that desire paths are like when if you go to like a college campus oh and you see like the lines cut that aren't like it's like tucker max or something <laughs> like pua <laughs> desire path <laughs> no tell me what it is <laughs> it's like where people want to walk because it's when you see like you you have like you have uh concrete paths you have sidewalks yeah and then you'll see like just like a trail through like a grassy clearing because it's like a more convenient route yeah. through something. Yeah. That's a desire path. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's actually, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about, it also sounds like a book of like Delusian poetry or something. Like yeah. That. Desire <laughs> path. <laughs> like a terrible book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, a lot of this conversation has me thinking about, this like passage in, in the metaphysics of youth in the metaphysics of youth yeah where he benjamin this is honestly this is like the first this is like the first like uh 
like actual Benjamin essay I've read. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, He's other amazing. than the frag- fragments, it's crazy because he just like I don't, I don't realize. I mean, there were a couple other things I read after that. Yeah. That were a little bit more just like I'm trying to like do philosophy homework or something, but yeah. But the way he kind of. Uh, you know, he's he's make he like goes from just like observations into oh, yeah. like into like absolute like reverie and he's like Oh that's he, he he's like absolutely like ecstatic and you're just like where like That's what's so amazing about <laughs> I mean Benjamin transcends philosophy to me. Oh like, it, he, this isn't he, the way he like folds experience into um in like lyrical reverie like you're talking about into what he's doing is it's completely different than most people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically he, he, let's see where I should start here. He starts talking about the landscape. Uh So he, it's, it's, it originally starts with him talking about the diary. Yeah. Um, or actually even before that he's talking about like silence like the silence between conversation yeah and i was the the reason i brought the book out was because i was like going to bring up a passage about that yeah um because i often like think about like the pauses mm. in both our episodes being put out and uh you know, recording and things like that and, and yeah. the fact that like i i jokingly referred to the listener as the as the silent third mic yeah because a lot of our stuff, I, I just kind of hope, like, you know, people are interacting with, like, in their heads. And it's yeah. It's meaning something to them in that way. Yeah. Um, but he starts, like, talking about how people are time. Um, and then... And Facts. Then, yeah. <laughs> and I'll just, like, I'll, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this paragraph and see, see where it goes. Okay. There is, however, a place reserved for the resurrections of the self, even when time disperses it in ever-widening waves. That is the landscape. As landscape, all events surround us, for we, the time of things, know no time. Nothing but the leaning of the trees, the horizon, the silhouetted mountain ridges, which suddenly awake full of meeting because they have placed us in their midst. The landscape transports us into their midst. The trembling treetops assail us with questions. The valleys envelop us with mist. Incomprehensible houses oppress us with their shapes. We, their midpoint, impinge on them. But from all the time when we stand there quivering, one question remains. Are we time? Arrogance tempts us to answer yes. And then the landscape would vanish. We would be citizens. But the spell of the book bids us be silent. Mm. The only answer is that we set out on a path. As we advance, the same surroundings sanctify us, knowing no answers but forming the center. We define things with the movement of our bodies, by drawing nigh and distancing ourselves once again on our wanderings. We single out trees and fields from their like and flood them with the time of our existence. We give firm definition to fields and mountains in their arbitrariness. They are our past existence. That was the prophecy of childhood. We are their future. Naked in this futurity, the landscape welcomes us, the grown-ups. Exposed, it responds to the shudder of temporality with which we assault the landscape. Here we wake up and partake of the morning repast of youth. 
Things perceive us. Their gaze propels us into the future, since we do not respond to them, but instead step up among them. Around us is the landscape where we rejected their appeal. Spirituality's thousand cries of glee storm around the landscape. So with a smile, the diary sends a single thought in their direction. Permeated by time, the landscape breathes before us, deeply stirred. We are safe in each other's care, the landscape and I. We plunge from nakedness to nakedness. Gathered together, we come to ourselves. That's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It's actually crazy how how much it um, how much it re- resonates with what we were everything we were just yeah, saying. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's beautiful. I I don't know exactly you know the thread of the whole argument there, but like I feel like a lot of Benjamin's writing is basically could be characterized as being about this sort of like intrusion of history into the eternal Mm -hmm. or the kind of like interruption of um interruption of nature by culture or things like that exactly um and how those two things like germinate together and unlike a lot of people he he never really tries to advance like an an argument about like you know which one is the is is the best or like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. what we need to do um no exactly he's very like elegiac in his writing like mm. it all feels like elegy yeah um, it's just kind of like this is that's probably like, why he happening. was a bummer to be around but <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it really resonates with me yeah yeah absolutely and it feels um yeah that part about like the promise of childhood and and coming and 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 meeting it as as grown-ups yeah really feels like something to me that that (laughs) that thread where it's like there was this space of yeah it was like there was this like space of like adolescence yeah that like I was like far away from it and I'm like coming back into it. I think that's really a beautiful idea though that like, cause people often think about childhood as being something that you leave behind or that you lost. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of it being this kind of, um, this kind of challenge or question that was posed mm-hmm. by you that you, that is awaiting you yeah. to, to, to be answered. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's sick. Yeah. I feel like that's a more based and dope version of like, you know what I mean? Like getting in touch with your inner child. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I mean, that's cool too, but like, yeah, I feel like the problem with that is that it's almost this thing where it's like, you're, you're going back to, to be like, you know, what would this, what would this like, this like iteration of me want? But with this, with what he's saying, it's more like that version of you is gone, but it left behind like a seed. Yeah. And it's your job to like, you know what I mean? Like, grow the grow seed. the seed. Yeah. Yeah. The seed has has all the, the all the potential. Yeah. Within it. Yeah. It has the promise, but it needs to germinate. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um. I've been reading. Uh, well, I had a few things. There was two things I wanted to say. Um, 
one when you were talking about silence um i uh I've been thinking a lot about silence lately too, and just about conversation mm-hmm. and about the sort of natural ebbs and flows in conversation. Cause, um, as I said in the last pod, which we haven't even released yet, but like mm-hmm. I recently entered a, you know, a romantic relationship yeah. and like, I feel like I'd forgotten, uh, cause I've been single for quite, a, quite a long time. I'd forgotten how much of a romantic relationship entails, um, both conversation and silence yeah and how i think a a good deal of the kind of um faith and like um patience necessary to like be a good partner is about like kind of like trusting the ebbs and flows in conversation Mm -hmm. and like allowing you know what i mean uh allowing silence or allowing like just just discrepancies yeah right in who's talking like who's who's listening yeah and i i i have a as as i've mentioned on the pod i have a spiritual advisor who's a jesuit and uh i was kind of asking him about some stuff related to relationships and he recommended me this book called god and you (laughs) (laughs) which i'm probably not going to read honestly uh, I asked Tyler about it and he was like, I read that. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> but like, I don't, it's like not intellectual, you know, Yeah, just, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. Cause it's like Ignatius, um, Ignatius, I was encouraged people in the society of Jesus, the Jesuits to speak to Jesus, address Jesus in the manner of, of a close friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like down on your knees looking up at the sky. Yeah. It's like, you can you're really supposed to talk to jesus like you know like i would talk to you or something Mm -hmm. um and he was telling me that in this book called god and you um he analogizes it to like you know a, a human relationship where sometimes there's just silence sometimes there's like equitable conversation sometimes one person talks and the other person just listens yeah uh, or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that was like actually really helpful to me because mm-hmm. I was like, um, I don't know. I feel like there's this. Um, I mean, that's just one of the thing big things I've learned in this podcast. Doing this with you is like um, the vibe is always going to come back around again. Yeah. And you just got to let it. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um But then the other thing I was going to talk about unless you want to respond to that. <laughs> I yeah, I just got blaze forward. Yeah, yeah, you you respond I to got- that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I I have also um I have also entered into a relationship. <laughs> We're just out here entering Pause. into relationships. <laughs> that's that's honestly this podcast has always been about entering into relationships. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> with with uh, yeah, with, with, varying, with various forms and pe- yeah. Pe- persons. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're definitely in, in relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But um, there's a lot of classic cars out here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? There's a. Um, but yeah, I I I really appreciate uh, as someone who is in my life uh, a talker. Someone who I mean, mm-hmm. I do a lot of listening myself as well. But I I like talking and and can when I'm around uh, those I love can talk and just like find myself talking without like my brain even yeah working. And it's almost like this this attempt to to beat like time mm. to race like death and it's like i want to because i feel like i want to experience he's out uh, i want to experience <laughs> the groundhog has entered the building uh, oh yeah we should get an interview with him big should, buddy bro, has we, entered the building we gotta mic his cave that would be <laughs> that might be oh wow my iphone has to cool down before i can use it Yo. that's crazy let me put it in the shed yeah, make sure this doesn't feel hot. it's fine yeah. yeah i just had it on this but anyways um so but i i always feel like i'm you know upon reflection it's like what what am i like trying to do i'm trying to like experience like i'm trying to experience like everything every thought every yeah. you know with those i love and it's like yeah instead that feeling of like sitting there like quietly with someone Mm. and just like allowing allowing that recharge and allowing that like moment feels you know to like let go of that like interest in like you know everything and like just like experiencing it yeah Um, it's it's a mal it's a maladaptation of the will yeah really exactly yeah um yeah just like you just like that's like the serenity and like peace of like what I feel like I'm like looking for yeah um but you just like I just like don't comprehend it until it like happens yeah 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 exactly what was your what was your second oh it was just that I've I've been reading um I started reading the temple of the golden pavilion by Yukio Mishima. Hmm. Um, I bought a first edition, a first American edition of it in New York um, for too much money, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but like, the the book is maybe Mishima's, um, one, of, one of his most famous stories. And it's basically about, um, it's about beauty and how beauty is like uh something that sometimes we can't handle yeah um like it's it's uh basically like it 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 pisses us off because we can't control it mm. it's kind of like a it kind of goes back to our like divine feminine thing where we talked about the myth of Acteon and Diana. Yeah. Um, and it always shows up that way in Mishima's novels too, or not always, but like frequently, but basically this young boy, this young Zen acolyte becomes obsessed with this thing called the golden, uh, the temple of the golden pavilion. And, uh, it's like, you know, 
he uh, he eventually decides that he has to destroy it. Yeah. Because he can't live in a world where this thing can exist, and he can't, you know, he doesn't control it. Right. Basically. Um, but um, it reminds me of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about, like, the natural landscape there. And uh, there's basically this moment when, uh, you know, him and his friend are, like, looking at the golden pavilion and uh he has this whole idea that like he has this whole thing about like his idea of of the pavilion of the temple being superimposed over the real thing Mm -hmm. so it's like his his anxiety and his frustration is that he can't he like can't get the two of them to like to like align and there's this moment like early in the book where um, he and his friend are looking at it and it's reflected in this pond and his friend uh, goes, um, bored with my lengthy gazing at the temple, Surakawa picked up a pebble and with the graceful motion of a pitcher threw it into the center of the shadow that the golden temple cast on the Kyoko pond. The ripples spread out through the duckweed and the beautiful delicate structure instantly crumbled to pieces. Um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but like, there's just something. Um, there's something about like that resonates in this in this book for me that like is a theme that we come back to a lot. Where I feel like it it has to do with like this obsession with preserving, uh, like a mythos or like a um just like holding on to things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then um how that can just like yeah, basically drive you drive you insane or like ruin your relationships. Yeah. Or make you like antisocial. Exactly. Yeah. Um I also haven't finished I'm only fifty pages into it, but I'm tra I'm tracking. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm thinking. I'm ruminating. Mm. Yeah, it feels like this. I feel like, yeah. It's it's like, how do you nurture things? I Mm. guess it's like, how do you like cultivate things um, and preserve them without like crushing them beneath the, the weight of your will you know right the weight of the weight of your path yeah the path your your desire path yeah yeah it it feels like a lot of the things that we're like grappling with yeah in our entire uh work here oof. in our oof i did i was i was walking around that yeah <laughs> um, i was walking around that word uh but it feels like this this um, and you know I feel like we've talked about it before, maybe in some kind of lost episode that we haven't used mm-hmm. but this this running into uh the kind of you know the 
this like reactionary like yeah based yeah uh cultural shift yeah that return you know return to tradition on like the you know, skeezier ends but like we're running into this and questioning why it's like so compelling and looking you know at at the aspects of it that are you know from say like a more you know like a a left yeah you know a a left or or just even uh, like humanist humanist yeah like like, perspective yeah and we're we're like kind of like i feel like we're like trying to also like find like this like third thing within ourselves yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like yeah like that we're 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 trying to like yeah i'm also avoiding dialectic here um well and it's like it's i don't know i just feel like it's expanding into different realms it's mm-hmm. like we started with it with just this podcast it started very abstract where we we're just talking about it yeah and then it's like we made all these new friends mm-hmm. and the friends became part of the universe of the of this yeah and then now we're both like entering new relationships yeah and like it just you know the waves just kind of keep expanding yeah. out it's like and and uh yeah it's like it's it's very much you know it's almost like this feeling of like unfolding like deepening and expanding like there's <laughs> i know but i just like there's something We're so dope yeah <laughs> mm. it's this feeling of unfolding <laughs> deepening and expanding <laughs> Is it not our and back it fucking board? rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's true. I feel like that's, but that's, and that's also like where it's gotten us. It's just like, yeah, we just like set out on this like, you know, towards this this destination with no points, you know because of our 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 trained our our perceptive uh our our perceptions are are so keen from growing up mm-hmm. near the river that's yeah. like our yeah it's definitely that's our, that's our <laughs> tuning us that that's that's what's tuning us in yeah into this 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 stream yeah it feels like we can we can you know i'm i'm feeling like much more confident in like reading reading this kind of like these these streams these these streams, streams and estuaries yeah estuaries flow out right flow away i think they flow into the the river right or am I, there, yeah an estuary flows in and a stream flows out i have no idea i think that i think that let me look it up oh no my phone is still <laughs> Oh no, I can use it. (laughs) Estuary. An estuary. Oh, is an estuary is the tidal mouth of a large river, where the tide meets the stream. Mm. So it's just it's just the mouth. Okay. I stand corrected. And then a delta. 
Which, I don't know, dude. Something about sediment. <laughs> I mean, and 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 not to not to go uh, Buddhist mode. Yeah, but, he, oh, feel but here's here, <laughs> bro. There's a there's a there's a dope line in the new movie that in the new the new movie. <laughs> the new movie. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw eight mountains yesterday. Uh-huh. I loved it. I got I got to recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I had I laughed out loud a couple things and I cried a couple times at it. Yeah, it was it was very good. Um, but there's a funny scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those of you who know me will will I think get it. Um, but the uh, I it had me thinking about Siddhartha, uh-huh. which I read at like the Herman Hess the Herman Hess book. Yeah which I read uh, like right after my mom died and it felt like a very, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really like that book. I think it's like a really nice, I read it in really high nice school. Read. We had to read it. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. For world literature. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, at the end when he kind of becomes like the river boat, the river. Yeah. Yeah. He just sits there and he like learns the river yeah and that's like his his uh path to nirvana it 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 literally is i mean yeah and i i don't know i feel like i i just feel like um you know i don't i don't want to like get out on all this the the river metaphors and like you know me sitting here being like it has it has like this is this is what it what this terroir <laughs> has given us this like sensitivity to like the streams right. of right whatever you know uh but it does feel like i i don't know we're just like i don't know if we're finding like more meaning in it uh but i and I don't know if I'm finding like truth or anything. I don't think it's, yeah, it's not like that, but no. Yeah. But it's like, but since like going off on this and, and going off on this, like starting this, you know, project with you, Mm -hmm. which in the unreleased, you know, the episode (laughs) previous to this, which is weird because we never have a backlog like this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, I think, I think we're like kind of like trying to summarize it or something or like the feeling of it, but it's just like, I don't know if like any more is really happening, but it feels like my ability to just like appreciate it and like find meaning in it is like, is like so much deeper Yeah, for like having, having like a, a project, a practice that's like definitely you know yeah it really doesn't feel like it really doesn't feel like i'm trying to get it cracking anymore no like no we we aren't on our grind set no we aren't like we aren't like trying to make it happen at all no (laughs) which is great it feels like honestly what it feels like is is you and i are like we're we're attempting to find a way to like to like speed run into like 
just being like two old guys like sitting on the <laughs> yeah, river exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not. The end of the river. The river looks really crazy there. I bet. It's super wide and you have almost no um, altitude above it. Oh, yeah. So, so it's, it's like, like... It just freaking... Yeah. But when it floods, it just goes. Yeah. Um, it looks pretty crazy. Yeah. We should make a trip up to Itasca this summer. Where's that? It's like... It's like four or five hours. Like it's like north, but in the middle of the state. Yeah. It's like that's that's the source of the that's Mississippi the source, the headwaters. Yeah. You can walk across it there. Yeah, I would love to do that. Actually, <laughs> that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. There's an old man called Mississippi. That's the old man that I want to be. What does he care if the world's in trouble? What does he care if the land ain't free? <laughs> That's a perfect end. You can you yeah. can phase it into the Yeah. The real song? Yeah. Yeah. Paul Robeson is a cool guy. That's all I have to say about that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. I think that went very well. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Until I'm dying And all my